Old Testament, New Testament, or both? Thank you for being with us once again. We are truly grateful for this opportunity to share some biblical thoughts, look at some challenges, pose a few questions, and hopefully provide some answers from a biblical perspective. The Ben Church of Christ meets at its building, located about halfway between Heber Springs and Mountain View on Highway 5. Services start at 9.30 each Sunday morning. More can be found at benchurchofchrist.org, and you can contact us via email, radio at benchurchofchrist.org. Likely you have a Bible, and likely it has a division as the Old Testament and a New Testament. Why is that? And what do we do with the old if there is a new? Are both necessary? Typically, when we replace something old with something new, the old is discarded or is no longer of use. Our last visit, we covered the idea of Christ fulfilling the Old Testament. In answering the questions above, go over some of the same concepts, but let's consider for just a bit specifically the differences, the application, and overall how we should use or perhaps not use the old since we do have a new. Let's first consider the timing of the coming of Jesus, the Son of God. In the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 4, but when the fullness of time was come, verse 4, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. And in the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So all of the events since the beginning of time, creation in Genesis 1, up until the announcement of the Virgin Mary being with child, all of those events were foundational, needed in preparation for the plan of God for man that included the sending of his only begotten son, Jesus the Christ. And when Christ started his ministry, the Old Testament was binding. Galatians 4 said what? Made under the law. The Old Testament was binding. There was a people of God, the Jewish nation, Israel. There was a temple in Jerusalem that was the focal point, if you will, for their worship. Those Ten Commandments brought down from Mount Sinai were core to the laws. Abraham, Moses, Aaron, and others were noted leaders of God's people. And the text and the history brings out the highs and the lows of God's people, from obedience and success to disobedience and captivity and punishment. All of this that happened before was testament or testimony to the time in which Christ was born. The Old Testament was that testament. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, we read in verse 17 and following, Think not, I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill, as we discussed recently. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until all be fulfilled. In Luke chapter 24, verse 44, he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. The events of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were during the time of that old law. Often we forget about that. It's in the New Testament, but the events of the life of Christ was under that old law. 
Matthew chapter 5 is an interesting and important verse in our studies. There is a, a, there is a not, but there's also a but. I came not to destroy, but I did come to fulfill. It will not completely vanish, but I will add to it. And what Christ adds to fill that vessel that was not complete would bring about some changes. The word perfect is used in a number of places, and that word means complete, mature, to bring to an end or wanting in nothing. One of those places is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Old Testament, the part, and the New Testament, when the old was fulfilled, is what shall be left. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews talks a lot about the Old Testament and the New. In chapter 9, verse 11, Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. In James chapter 1, verse 25, Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. The old law was not perfect. It was not complete. It served a purpose, but it fell short in some things. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, verses 3 and 4, God sending his own son. And again, back to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, the law, since it was only a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image or the form of things, can never, by those same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. And listen to the language in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 15. By abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself, Christ, in himself he might make the two into one man, thus establishing peace. And again, back to Hebrews. I know a lot of verses, but a lot is said about this. The New American Standard says in verse 11 and following, Now if perfection was through the Levitical priesthoods, for on the basis of it the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek, and not being designated according to the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes a place of a change of law also. We read in verse 18, For on the one hand, there is a setting aside of a former commandment because of its weakness and uselessness. And again, back to the book of Ephesians. Wherefore, remember that being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens, Gentiles, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off made nigh, made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace 
who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. We know what a partition is. It separates two rooms. Verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself twain one new man, so making peace. I believe we read this already. That he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, and having slain the enmity thereof. The old law was for the Jews. Now, Gentiles could convert, become what is known as a proselyte, but that law was for God's chosen generation, the Jewish nation. And that concept, chosen generation, is a shadow that we can apply under the new. Also under the old was the tribe of Levi, the Levitical priesthood, a group of people that was designated by God to be the people that ran the tabernacle and later the temple, if you will. And with the change in due time, coming of Christ came a change in the priesthood, Hebrews chapter 7. And they truly were many priests, verse 23, because they were not suffered to continue by the reason of death. But this man, Jesus, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Looking at this concept that they were so familiar with, the priest and their service to God, the Hebrew writer spends a great amount of time contrasting the Old Testament and the new, bringing to focus and detail in the new what was a shadow without detail in the old, in chapter 9. When these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second, holiest of holies, went the high priest alone every year once, not without blood, which he offered for himself and the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost is signifying that the way in the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and cardinal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ the time of Reformation, being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect, there that word is again, a more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of bulls and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained an eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth through the purifying of the flesh, that is perfect or complete, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of a new testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, that which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there is also the necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament, a will, is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator leaveth. Wherefore, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. And to those in the non-Jewish lineage, 1 Peter chapter 2, you are a chosen generation. Again, he's not speaking to the Jews here. 
He's speaking to the non-Jews. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in times past you were not a people, Gentiles, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy under the old, but now hath obtained mercy. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 22, the scripture, the old law, hath concluded all under sin, that the promise of faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up in the faith which should afterwards in due time be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, our tutor, to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we're no longer under the schoolmaster, for you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise. Christ came as part of that long-term plan of God. The Old Testament set into motion to establish worship and obedience to God. God revealed himself to man. He gave him a law that he wanted them to follow. This is the Old Testament. Christ came, not abolishing the old law, but fulfilling, making the non-perfect, non-complete, perfect and complete, nailing to the cross things like sacrifices, those ordinances, including things like worshiping on the Sabbath, the old law, tithing, the old law. The new establishes the first day of the week, and as you prosper, you give. The old law is still our schoolmaster and our tutor, that shadow bringing us to Christ. But in Christ, we're all priests. We all have access to God without priest. We are heirs being children of God in the highest. The death of the testator fulfilled the old and established the new. The Old Testament is not binding, but certainly it is relevant. The New Testament is binding, and considering this as the final point, that New Testament will be that which we stand before in judgments. The words that I have spoken the same will judge him in the last day, said that testator. Our time is gone. We thank you very much for joining us. Look forward to visiting with you next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very blessed day.